0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast. It's June 26th, the first night of the Democratic debates. I'm Kimberly Johnson, broadcasting from D.C., and Steph Walton is in beautiful Oakland, California. Hey, Steph, how's it going? Hey there. How are you, Kimberly? I'm good, and I'm excited because today we're going to be talking to Glenn Kirshner, uh, oh. former federal prosecutor, and he's back, and we're so excited because Mueller is going to be testifying, and we're going to be picking his brain about um, what you know what's to come. And we're also gonna talk about Pelosi and why hasn't she started impeachment hearings? It's gonna be an interesting show. So it is gonna be an
1: interesting show. I was so thrilled to to hear that Glenn was willing to join us again. Glenn to me is just a voice of reason and often in these times of sheer and utter mania (laughs) that go that that you know, our our lives, it's just it's a it's a constant roller coaster and it's nice to know that there are Sage advisors out there who kind of are keeping an even keel. Yeah, because um, I think I'm gonna need
0: to, I'm gonna need him to talk me down. Okay, start me up is uh, supported by listeners, and we rely on those listeners to keep us going. So we hope that you consider supporting the show with any dollar amount. You just visit patreon.com/startmeup, and you can become a patron. And just FYI, five dollars gets you into and another thing where Steph and I today are going to be talking about E. Jean Carroll's allegations uh, about rape um, about Trump raping her and also, um, how the media and Democrats are kind of avoiding that subject. And then unfortunately we're also going to be talking about what's going on at the border, which is just absolutely awful, but there is a protest. So we're going to talk about that. Um, so we do hope that you sign up and do you have anything to add about that stuff? No, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in
1: fight mode at all times. I'm just trying to see how many miles I have because I think I'm going to Texas. Okay. Okay. That's where I stand. But let's talk to
0: Glenn. Let's talk to Glenn. Hey, Glenn.
2: Hey, Steph, how are you?
1: Hi,
0: Glenn. (sighs) We're worried and scared.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we all all are.
0: Um, Well, I'm just going to get right to it because I heard your um, conversation with Stephanie Miller. And I wanted to know, um, you tweeted out, um, well, first of all, you know what, I'm going to go back. Your your conversation with Stephanie Miller was about um, Pelosi which I absolutely want to talk about because you have some really interesting insight on that. But before we get to Pelosi, I want to talk about the fact that Mueller's going to be testifying. And you had tweeted, executive privilege, one, does not apply to Mueller as he was not an advisor to the president, and two, was waived regarding every fact fact included in the Mueller report. Why? Because Trump said he'd let Barr decide if executive privilege should be invoked. It was not. So can you, and you said waived, period. So tell us about that, that. What can Mueller talk about?
2: Sure. Mueller can talk about everything in the report because executive privilege was waived three times over. It was waived the first time when Trump and his lawyers decided to let um, the McGanns of the world talk to Mueller. That was waived number one. They could have and should have invoked Executive privilege to stop that if there was actually a viable executive privilege. The second way it was waived is when Trump said, Listen, I'm going to let Bill Barr decide whether he wants to invoke any executive privilege before the Mueller report gets released. Barr did not. That's waiver number two. Hmm. And then finally, when the Mueller report was released to the public, every single fact contained in it um is available for public view and there is no longer a viable waiver they can't put the executive privilege genie back in the bottle and now you know pull that information back from the public so there is not a court in the land i'm convinced that would rule there is any remaining executive privilege (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. can, can you hear this is why we love you Glenn. <laughs> oh my goodness so um <laughs> wow okay so he can talk about anything in the Mueller report and or in his own report i should say so what do you think that's going to mean in the bigger sense obviously um it means that the american people are finally going to get to hear what he has to say, do you think that he's going to um, say things just like, well, you'll have to refer to the report, or do you think he'll go into detail?
2: You know, that's the $64,000 question, because Hmm. he made it clear in his nine-minute statement to the American people that he does not want to go beyond what's contained in his report. In fact, he said, the report is my testimony. Now, Mm -hmm. there are a couple of observations about that. One if he's asked lawful questions in the setting of this congressional hearing that require require him to go beyond what's contained in the report, and his answers wouldn't be privileged because they would impact ongoing investigations, they wouldn't be protected by grand jury secrecy rules. You know, knowing Bob Mueller the way I do, he taught me how to be a homicide prosecutor in Washington, D.C. in the late 90s. I think he's going to answer those questions, but you know what? even if he doesn't, there's so much powerful information he can convey that's not only in the report, but that it's, it's sort of a consequence of the report. So here's an example. If he is asked this question, special counsel Mueller, you've heard the president say you found no collusion. Is that true or is that false? Bob Mueller will have to answer accurately and honestly that is false same question (laughs) with respect to the president says you found no obstruction is that true or is that false he doesn't have to go beyond his report to answer these questions Mm -hmm. because they're a natural conclusion based on what's in the report so he will i predict he will be able to say the president in substance the president is lying when he says no obstruction no collusion because those claims are false and i think you know what for openers that would be a pretty good opening salvo wow.
1: wouldn't that be kind of like okay everybody close it all up we're done <laughs> I yeah. mean isn't that isn't that what that's been the argument from the Trump side no collusion no obstruction and and Muller never said anything of, of, of the kind so if they if that's the opener like case closed
2: yeah yeah here's the question I don't think he will answer but I wish we, he would You know, if, you know, if somebody were to ask him, you know, Mr. Mueller, um, if the president won the president, would you have charged him with obstruction of justice? The answer is plainly yes, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. Mueller detailed the evidence in volume two that shows compellingly, conclusively, beyond all doubt that the president obstructed justice. Mm -hmm. However, I think he's going to fall back on that fairness thing. And I know people get really upset with how circumspect he is. He's the king of circumspection. Um, But, you know, I am not going to fault the man for feeling like he's being too fair to the president because he said, look, I cannot formally accuse him of a crime that takes another body of the government, i.e. Congress in an impeachment setting. So I will not come right out and say he committed a crime. So it's all there in the report. I just don't think he's likely to answer that question.
0: Interesting. So, you know, I've heard... There's been some speculation that Barr shut the investigation down early. And do, is that, do you think that's something that um, they would ask him?
2: I think that's a fair question because Barr had a legal obligation. There is what we call a sunlight provision in the special counsel regulations that says if the attorney general denies or the acting attorney general when he was supervising the probe – denies a request from the special counsel. He must report that out to Congress at the conclusion of the investigation. We all know Barr didn't report anything like that out to Congress. So I think a fair question that Mueller hopefully will feel comfortable answering is, was any investigative step you wished to take shut down hmm. by whoever was supervising you at the time, whether it was Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein or then Attorney General Barr?
1: hmm. Wow. And then doesn't that doesn't
2: that constitute obstruction? Yeah. Now we're getting now we're in sort of philosophical question land. OK, um, if the attorney general has the authority mm-hmm. to to tell Bob Mueller, I'm not I'm disapproving your request. That is not obstruction. However, it might be an offense. There might be the kind of offense if Barr did that and then failed to comply with the special counsel regulations that said he must report that out to congress so there might be an offense that we can find if if that's the way this plays out factually i just don't know that that's the way it's going to play out
1: okay i just want them all gonzo you know <sighs> yeah i'm just so tired of and i just i need to i need to go off a little bit right now because glenn you know you've been you're just solid and you you stand up for what's right you you speak truth you um you care about integrity and that the constitution is being uh paid attention to by our lawmakers and by our elected officials and i know that your heart is also breaking when it comes to some of the atrocities the human rights atrocities that are taking place in the country right now so we're all uh, on the same page where that's concerned I need to know because i can 't sleep and I can 't look at my my family um, without thinking about these people who have been torn apart, whose families who have been torn apart, these children who are suffering in our in our concentration camps at the border, and I wonder as a lawyer and as a person, what kind of how are we going to hold the Trump administration accountable for these crimes against humanity that are taking place every day for the last year on, on, on American soil?
2: Ultimately, it doesn't look like they're going to be held accountable until Trump loses and loses badly in 2020. A Democratic administration comes in and appoints a law-abiding attorney general that mm-hmm. can then bring charges against Whomever violated the law by imprisoning children and making them sleep on concrete floors with no soap, no toothbrushes. And you know what I think? And what what really brought all of that into fine focus for me was when that DOJ lawyer stood up arguing to, I believe, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals on video. Mm -hmm. Sarah Fabian. In order in order to have safe and sanitary conditions, kids don't need. Soap right. or mattresses or pillows or toothbrushes. And then when that was brought to Vice President Pence's attention, what did he say? He said, well, I can't speak for what that attorney was arguing in court. Well, guess what, Mr. Vice President? Yes, you can, because the words tumbling despicable as they were, those are your words.
1: That's right. Yeah.
2: Executive branch lawyer so you can't speak for what that attorney was saying like. she was speaking for you and that's trump exactly and the right. whole executive branch so that is a bunch of nonsense
1: nonsense that's a nice way of saying it um yeah they're they're truly um the most disgusting despicable abhorrent group of people that have ever held office and that have ever been in charge yeah. and i just pray uh, I mean, I think lives have been ruined, um, of course, already. I can't imagine a child. And, and, and I, I don't want to – I feel like we have to talk about it. I feel like all of the uh, uh, Democratic elected officials, any politician who's running for president right now on the Democratic side needs to it, – it's incumbent upon them to rally the troops to rally their constituents just like Elizabeth Warren's doing and going to these detention centers I'm going you come with me
0: well there is there is a lights for liberty uh, protest on the 12th and so I'm going to include the link to uh, that website and it it lists where uh, all the marches and protests are going to be held so that's Marches. on July 12th. Yes. Or whatever it is, it's, it just says a mass mobile, uh, mass right. mobile. I can't say the word. Mobilization. Mobilization. Thank you. You know, I'm so terrible. <laughs> anyway, right. um, it, there's going to be all over the country. In fact, I think there's even going to be some in other countries. So, um, I will put that link in there so people will know. Uh,
1: I, I, I just think, and, and Glenn, I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, but You know, I I love Kamala Harris. She's my senator. I'm in California. I'm a lucky person. I want to see Kamala at a detention center leading a physical protest. I don't want to hear Andrew Yang and Bill de Blasio and Joe Biden talk about their campaigns if this isn't one of the most important topics and if they're not getting their asses down to the border and raising a stink. Right now, as far as I can tell, that's Elizabeth Warren. I know they've visited. I I just, like, how do we make change if our elected officials are not out there leading the charge when it comes to crimes against humanity like this? Uh,
2: Steph, what I'd like to see is all 23, 24, 25 Democratic candidates for president band together at one time.
0: Mm -hmm. All two dozen of them
2: and get down to those centers where children yes. are sleeping on concrete and, you know, make a real show of force that we're going, we're not going to allow human atrocities to go unaddressed even for a day. I mean, they all mm-hmm. ought to join together. They all ought to unify. They all ought to go down there and take a stand and yes. make a point. There you go. make it a priority. You,
0: you need to like call them all and make them do that because that's absolutely what we need. And it would also really help with the effort to sow division um, from the Russians and from whoever else is trying to do it, if we could see all the Democrats standing together. Obviously, they're gonna disagree on certain policy issues and all of that, but um, you know, I, I am seeing a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the favorable reactions to the other candidate are coming, ca- candidates are coming from women. I know, like, for instance, um, you know, I've seen Kamala Harris praising Elizabeth Warren's plans and vice versa and the other one wishing them a happy birthday. And I'm just seeing that um, they are, I think, leading in, in campaigning in a, in a very, um, in a way that keeps people together and not divided. Yeah, so and
2: there are children who are not celebrating, but whose birthdays are coming and going as they're sitting on those concrete floors being in prison. Yes. Their birthdays are coming and going. I know.
0: I know. It's awful. And uh, um, ah. you know what? I want to ask you, though. I kind of want to get to the Pelosi because this is where I heard you talking to Stephanie Miller. So give me a second. I want to first read your tweet. You said, Speaker Pelosi says she'd like to see Trump in prison, but she doesn't support impeachment. Um, does she know something is coming as a result of the counterintelligence investigation? So... Um, you told Stephanie Miller that if the House impeaches and the Senate acquits, it's less likely that a prosecutor can indict a former president. Um, and you explained how the same witnesses would be called, and, but it would make it tougher. So can you kind of elaborate on that for us?
2: Yeah, and I think that was um, Stephanie Miller asking me to comment on Adam Schiff's opinion, right. that mm. it would make it tougher for a prosecutor to bring
0: charges after
2: the president left office if he had been impeached but not removed, not convicted in the Senate. And I actually said, I don't think it would make it hard. It's a mixed bag. So there are a couple of things at play. One, we know it's not a bar, right? You can be impeached and still be tried for the same criminal offenses once you leave office. That's that's plain. However, When you're going through an impeachment hearing and a removal trial in the Senate, we would have to put up all of the witnesses to testify, or many of them, about the presidential misconduct, the high crimes and misdemeanors that he committed in order to prove up a case of impeachment and removal. So what prosecutors hate, and I can tell you after being a prosecutor for 30 years, is when witnesses that we really need to prove up a case to a jury in court go out and start making statements and giving testimony in other settings because human nature is such Mm -hmm. that any witness who tells a story twice over time will tell it differently. That's human nature. That's not lying. It's just it's our common experience that you don't tell the same story in the exact same way. So what that does is, is it gives the people who are looking to tear those witnesses down to sort of destroy their credibility the opportunity to say well wait a minute you testified in the impeachment hearing that that it was 78 degrees that day you're telling this criminal jury that it was 72 degrees Mm -hmm. that day you're a liar right no Mm -hmm. i did the best i could to tell the truth consistently over time so that's why i said it would make it more challenging Mm -hmm. and then finally not to drone on too much but um the other thing that makes it a challenge is if he is found not guilty by the Senate, so he's impeached in the House, but he's right. not removed by the Senate, people at the Department of Justice might say, you know what? The, the, the American people have spoken, and even though it was the Senate and it was Republicans who were going to support him at any cost and not a jury made up of his peers sitting in a jury box in a courtroom, the American people have kind of spoken, so we're not going to bring criminal charges for the same conduct that he was impeached for. Mm -hmm. I disagree with that. And I also happen to think if the Democrats take control in 2020 and they appoint a law abiding attorney general, then the calculus should be no, a criminal president has to be held accountable after he leaves office.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, then what do you think about this? I mean, I, you know, Bob Seska, um, has often said that it, you know, if we go, if, if a president is voted out and then the next administration goes after that former president, then it sets a precedent for that to continue on. I mean, obviously, um, Barack Obama didn't go after Cheney and, and, and uh, Bush for war crimes. So mm-hmm. do you agree with the assessment that it would just start that chain of events where it would just be each, each administration going after the, the former?
2: If each president is committing crimes, either to get elected or while in office, then the next administration should go after him or her, and it should happen over and over and over again until we stop electing criminals.
0: <laughs> thank so, you. Right, say, right. Say again? Yeah, she said thank,
2: I said thank you. thank yeah. <laughs> you. I mean, please. Yeah. Like, you know, how, you've got, you've got to hold people accountable for their crimes. It's not about a political calculus or the consequences. It's just the right thing to do if we are going to be a country of laws.
0: Yeah. Yes. But the thing that I also worry about is like, for instance, the Republicans are still talking about her emails and yeah. Benghazi. And it's like so, uh, you know, it, a Republican administration might want to go after a Democrat based on, you know, I don't want to say this, but like fake, fake news. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they can make yeah. stuff up and then they spend all this time going after and, and so it does freak me. I mean, I, let me ask you this, Glenn, what would you like to see happen as far as impeachment? Would you like to see those proceedings, the hearings starting now, or do you agree yeah, with, I, uh, yeah. I, I,
2: I want it all exposed to public view. See that, And that's what brings me back to the Pelosi thing. And I, you know, I know she's a great political strategist and she's, you know, served the country honorably for decades. Um, mm-hmm. but she wants there to be consensus in favor of impeachment and removal for that matter before she ever opens hearings. But the way you build consensus is to open hearings and show the people what this criminal president has done. So that's why her approach and her argument doesn't make a lot of sense because it doesn't seem like one and one in her calculus is adding up to two, Um, which leads me to conclude. Maybe she knows something that we don't. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she does. She's got behind the scenes information that is not available to us. Um, But I want to see impeachment hearings open and I want to see all of the presidential conduct, the the misconduct, the crimes and the abuses laid bare for the American people. That's going to build consensus. And just as the Republicans finally walked away from Nixon in 74 when they heard him being a crook on those tapes, I have some hope that the Republicans in the Senate, if only motivated by their own reelection prospects once these crimes are exposed to public view, will turn and will say, Okay, I'm done supporting this criminal president because I'll lose more reelection votes than I'll retain. So that that may be Pollyanna because people are saying, Nope, every Republican other than Amash is going down on ship Trump. Mm-hmm. But I would yeah. like to think that there are still some latent patriots in the Senate. Who knows?
0: You said that Nancy Pelosi may know may know something about the counterintelligence. So when when will we know?
2: I, I don't know. I can't predict that. I know I've heard Adam briefings that they expected they would get because by law, the Gang of Eight must be briefed on these counterintelligence investigations and their findings. So I, I wish I knew. I just can't imagine when we caught... Um, General Flynn talking dirty on the phone to the Russians. And by dirty, I mean, you know, talking in a way he shouldn't have been. Um, Right. You know, we, we were surveilling Russian phones and we caught General Flynn, who actually knows a thing or two about counterintelligence investigations. How can it be that the same counterintelligence investigations didn't catch Trump talking dirty on the phone to any number of Russians? I find that hard to believe. So I think more shoes will ultimately drop in the counterintelligence uh, investigation. I just don't know when.
0: Hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's all a bunch of wow. Um, well, Glenn, you are, uh, as, as always, just such a, a breath of fresh air and also a grounding force in our insane mental lives. I mean, like Kimberly and I talk to each other constantly about what next and what, you know, if we, if we made a list, it would be overwhelming. And there's so much to keep track of so many crimes that are being committed and have been committed that we do lose track, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, am happy to hear you, um, share your, your thoughts and opinions and, you know, love it when you're uh, on TV. <laughs> love reading your tweets. Um, you are a true warrior and uh, a guardian of democracy, and it's just always a pleasure
0: to, yeah, to interact. It is always a pleasure, and and I I do want to touch on the Lindsey Graham because you you put out a, an amazing tweet thread on Lindsey Graham, basically saying I heard him say that he it, she's not his type. So that's it. I'm done. I believe him. Yeah. And it's just it's so maddening
2: as again, as a career prosecutor, when I see that, you know, it's it's beyond laughable. It's it's as disrespectful of victims, particularly sexual assault victims, as I can imagine another human being being never, never mind a senator, never mind a former army JAG. Who was both a defense counsel and a prosecutor. I, I apologize for prosecutors countrywide that this man was ever a prosecutor because when you when you take into account the fact that 15 or more women have accused Trump of sexual assault in the very way that Trump admits mm-hmm. he commits sexual assaults on women and then to have a senator saying, well, you know, he basically used as a punchline His denial that, well, that rape victim is not my type, and I believe him. I don't know how much lower another human being can sink. And that's what led me to say there are only two kinds of people in this country who should never vote for Lindsey Graham, and that's women and men.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely correct. And it's just disgusting. And I mean, everybody is asking the same question. What kind of compromise do they have on Lindsay? I mean, whether it's Trump, because evidently he's done his own opposition research, um, you know, that he, he he supposedly does that. That's what I've heard. Or it could just be the Russians have something on him. But obviously, he changed his tune. You know, he yeah. had he had tweeted out something about how if, if Trump is the one, the nominee, the party is done. And now he's um, so far... Up that his preface. golfing buddy now. Yeah. That's his
2: boy. That's his man.
0: Yeah, and it's just disgusting, and it's it's so frightening. And before, before we let you go, I kind of want to ask you a question that I don't know if you're going to have an answer, but it's something that is um, kind of freaking me out, and it's the idea that – I don't know what you're going to say about this. Uh, in 2016, the Russians attacked us. They attacked – it was cyber warfare. It was disinformation. They manipulated minds. Um, we don't know exactly how far they got as far as changing any votes. Um, there's no there's not really been an e- any evidence on that, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Um, but my concern right now, you know, especially because Nancy Pelosi was saying that, uh, you know, we need to vote him out and instead of impeaching him, my concern is that now, Vladimir Putin has access basically to whatever Trump has access to, because in my opinion, he is compromised. And Vladimir Putin owns Trump and helped get him installed. And I use that word specifically installed. Um, And so now that we have this situation that they have so much more access to all kinds of things. I mean, obviously, Trump doesn't have the access to individual voter machines and each state's Um, you know, know, uh, elections and all of that. But I mean, how concerned are you that this election is going to be fixed by the Russians or whoever, whether it's the Republicans working with the Russians or someone else?
2: I think this election is at risk even more so than the 2016 elections because uh, Putin won. He got what he wanted. He installed... You know, his his person in the Oval Office and Trump, as we all just infamously heard in the George Stephanopoulos interview, doubled down and said, and I got to tell you, I don't know that I've ever had a criminal that I prosecuted, announced in advance for the world to hear, by the way, uh, I'm about to rob a bank or I'm about to commit a sexual assault or I'm about to murder somebody. Trump announced, I welcome foreign interference again bring it on. Mm -hmm. Every nefarious leader, every despotic, you know, head of a country, every dictator wannabe heard that loud and clear. And you can bet they are hard at work trying to interfere in our 2020 Mm election. So I think the prospect that we are going to have fully free and fair elections, it's it's pretty bleak right now. Mm
0: -hmm. And so basically, do you say that the answer is a blue tsunami? In order to overcome all of the obstacles,
2: it is. Um, you know, I'm just not not confident that the vote will be accurately right. counted or calculated counted. in 2020. That's why I think impeachment is a must. Because if we don't start exposing to public view everything that this man and his administration ha- ha- have done, then we are in deep trouble. Come 2020.
0: <sighs> well, you know, I mean, that's. This is very frightening. And so I hate for you to go out on a downer, but I want everybody to consider what you're saying and show up. And not only show up, but I keep saying this: have a plan. Make sure you have the day off. Um, you know, if you can do if you can do the paper ballots, if you can do if you can do it early. um, Bring a friend. Bring a friend. Do whatever you need to do to make sure that your vote is counted. Also I talked to Sarah Kensior last week and, and she was making, you know, she was telling everybody that make sure right before you go to vote, you know, for the several days leading up to it, if, especially if you're going to physically go vote um, to check and make sure you're still if you're if you're a registered Democrat or if you were like an independent who wanted to register as a Democrat, make sure go online and make sure you're still registered registered as a Democrat and then like take a screenshot, take a picture of it. Um, to bring with you in case something happens. So yeah. just be prepared in every single way. And it's like, I hate to, what,
2: huh? What's next? Are we going to start having, you know, voters dip their thumb in blue indelible ink just so we can prove it later on? I mean, this is, we're supposed to be yeah. a first world country when it comes to voting. I, I and was just going to
1: say. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's exactly where my mind was. Um, it, this, this is despotic third world. I mean, uh, this is not America. No. This is not America
0: well thank you for talking to us glenn <laughs> yeah sorry that was not uplifting was it? it's not uplifting but you know what we we need we're to have fighting. yeah we're fighting and we need to have this kind of smack in the face it's it's awful that it's we're in dark times so we have to acknowledge them and try to find our way out and you're one of those people that helps us do that
2: mm-hmm. i appreciate that
0: well we appreciate you Thanks,
1: Glenn, <laughs> keep keep fighting the good fight, man. You have a platform and you use it so well. And well,
2: and until they carry me out in the pine box. No, oh, that's what fight. I love about
1: you. You'll be bloodied and toothless and like ah, yeah. dragging Glenn Kirshner out, but he got his point across. Yes,
0: and and we adore you for it because you Thank you are you. yeah you're a patriot and and we know that you're you're fighting the good fight and thank God for you because it's, it's so hard every day, but, yeah, it is. but thank you again for coming on and hopefully you'll come back.
2: Maybe we'll come maybe back. You just, you just need to ask and I'm back.
0: Yay. Aww. Well, thank you. You're so sweet. <laughs> thank you, Glenn.
2: All right. All right. You take care. Take care. Take
0: care. Oy that was kind of scary, but like I said, I mean, we, whoops, there he goes. Um, we need to be prepared right i mean that's just the bottom line
1: you know what and i'm so glad um when when glenn said i think all two dozen of these mofos need to get out there and band together yes exactly because that's what, you know, I I tweeted that the other night in so many words. It's like, I don't, every single Democrat that's running for president or that every Democratic elected official needs to make this their thing. Yeah. Every one of them. And, and, you know, someone like Glenn who understands firsthand how, like, the Constitution was meant to be... Uh, upheld and how law works and what it's like to actually prosecute a criminal and you know this is this is a a a human rights abuse that is I mean I don't know about you Kimberly but it's it's the first thing I think of when I start thinking about what's happening in the world today that's the first thing that comes to mind and it's often the last thing I think about when I go to bed because these are people Mm -hmm. and if we can't it, regardless of the political party um treat human beings fellow human beings regardless of where they're from with dignity and with empathy and and then i, I just i just it's unamerican to me you know and Of course and, it
0: is. It's un it's not um, even it's inhumane.
1: It was uh, please. i please and I, and without <sighs> I Yeah, i mean it, he, it, basically
0: he's using the Trump administration is using this they're punishing children so that they can get their base excited and they're that's killing it's just dis- it's just dis- yeah they're killing children they're raping they're children. Children. children they're raping children there was a new york times article that said thousands of immigrant children have reported sexual assault so it's it, it, it's they're torturing them they're not allowing them to brush their freaking teeth So I mean, they're all, and then Megan McCain is on the view screaming, I don't don't even want to waste my breath. Oh my God. But I mean, she, she, she's arguing that it's not a torture facility because her father was in one and it's like, well, maybe it wasn't intended as a torture facility, but that's what it's become. And it's not misrepresenting because I can guarantee you if Megan had a child and one of those children was in those facilities, I think she would have a different take on this. Um, but it's disgusting because, you know, when you go online and when you see, unfortunately, there was um, that awful photo that was circulating yesterday about the uh, father and child that had drowned. And um, if you read what the Republicans have to say about it or conservative voters, you know, their whole take is, well, their parents shouldn't teach their kids to do, you know, something illegal. And that's basically where they, you know, th- they don't give a shit about their those lives. I'm sure those people call themselves pro-life, but they're not. They they justify immigrants dying for what to own the libs, I mean it's just it's disgusting and it's you know what I hate doing shows like this because everything is fucking depressing, you know I mean it's like everything well, we're everything looking at everything is depressing yeah it's like I mean what I, I I I like I mean, to I, I, I,
1: you <laughs> just said that everything is fucking yeah. depressing everything is depressing yeah do you do you know I mean. Not only like, you know, I used to fret so hard about the climate crisis. That was my biggest concern was the climate crisis. And it still
0: is a huge big deal.
1: (laughs) And it still is a huge big deal. But sometimes it doesn't even rate in a top five like, what does, a, what does an elected official, and I'm talking about Democrats because mm-hmm. the, re, the only Republican that seems to want to do anything is Justin Amash, and right. he's still anti-choice, so screw that noise. Yeah. But now climate, the climate crisis doesn't even rate in the top five sometimes right because we have, a, we, we have a, a person in office, and I've spent the last, how many years have we been dealing with this pile of caca? Uh, he's been in office what almost 3 now
0: mhm well
1: right
0: yeah, so yeah. 2017 yeah, two
1: two years 8 months two yeah. years 7 months whatever we're coming up right. on it it's all a blur right two, yeah january was inaugurated anyway i don't i don't we don't have a president no what what we have and i and i can't say it i can't call him that because i really truly believe we just like that office is is vacant truly because nobody's doing the work in no. there we have someone who has all the power right now, and who is wreaking havoc. And his dem and his Republican, uh, uh, the Republican Party is hanging on. They like like Glenn said just previously, all of these people are willing to go down on ship Trump because, and and this is this is this is a fact of the matter, because being white and in power and having money is is their number one priority. Yeah. Okay. That's why. That is why. At the expense of human life, at the expense of uh, truth and justice and fair elections, mm-hmm. at the expense of our national security. I mean, let, let's make a list. Like, we didn't even talk about Iran. We didn't even talk I about know. North Korea. And we haven't
0: even talked about Eugene Carroll.
1: And we're going to get we're going to get
0: there. Um, and another thing, I, but I, I just,
1: just, you know, um, I, I was just I, of course, Twitter's open, but that's how we do because sometimes we communicate through DMs and things like that when we're doing the podcasts. But something just popped up a couple minutes ago. Um, Trump is speaking to an audience that he, he stunned with the following quote, alluding to um, John McCain. And here's the quote. We needed 60 votes and we had 51. And sometimes we had a hard time with a couple. Fortunately, they're gone now. (sighs) They've gone on to greener pastures or perhaps far less green, but they're gone. Very happy they're gone.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, this is like such a fucking downer. (laughs) This is such a downer. He is just miserable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, no, I mean, they, he is the most um, morally bankrupt. Yes. Per, I almost called him a human being, but I almost feel like that's, that's too generous. Well, no,
0: because you know what? He is a human being. He's a human being who exhibits all the awful, the most horrible, disgusting, abhorrent characteristics that human beings can offer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's not a monster. He is a human being, and he's a disgusting human being. And, it, and and every day we have to watch it. And every day um, it's more and more difficult. And, and what's worse is that we're getting used to it. You know, I mean, it, we're just, you, I looked at, you know, we had that march in Hong Kong last week with 2 million people out of 7 million people who lived in Hong Kong. Right. 2 million people marched. And it's not that they solved all the problems. It's not like because they marched everything was hunky-dory. But at least they were able to let their government know how they felt and i hope that um i hope that we're able to find that collective strength and you know i mean as as i said to glenn and it's a, i think the scariest thing to me is that vladimir putin now has access to what Trump has access to. And people don't even realize that. And, you know, if you say something like that online, if, if you say something that he got installed, somebody's going to come along and go, we'll prove that. How do you know that he changed votes? It's like he changed minds. We already know that people can be manipulated. And I mean, just look at people who watch Fox News. There are intelligent people, people that I know personally who are not stupid. They're intelligent human beings and they watch Fox, and they believe Fox, and they don't know about the Mueller report, and they, they, they find rationale to write off dead children or children being raped. They find a reason because Fox News understands how to spin that shit. And so people fall for it. Democrats fall for misinformation. Smart people fall for it. I mean, people fell for it, and they voted for Jill Stein, so, I mean, it's just oh my god, it's like everything is just right now. I I feel like um, I don't even know. All all I do know is that tonight we have the Democratic debates and for the most part, Elizabeth Warren is going to be the star of tonight because all the other all the other main viables are on tomorrow. So, you know, I mean, and I, I can I consider the viables to be um Biden, Sanders, Warren and Harris, not exa- not in that order. Um Right now, Biden is obviously in the lead, but we're going to see if that sticks. and And I think that there's a there's a good opportunity for him as long as he doesn't, you know, stick his foot in his mouth and say a bunch of stupid crap. Um, if he just stays the course and and, and and talks about whatever it is, you know, that's that they're discussing, and he just doesn't say something stupid, I think he can keep his numbers. Uh, if if he drops, he drops a little. I don't I don't know that he'll drop a lot, but we'll see what he does. We'll see what kind of um, performance he gives tomorrow. Um, but I have no doubt that Elizabeth Warren's numbers will continue to grow because she Mm -hmm. seems to me Mm -hmm. to be the only one who is like checked all the boxes. And it's not to say that I don't like Kamala Harris. I do Kamala. Sorry. I always say Kamala. Um, I, I love her. I think she's absolutely fantastic, but I think that, I think that Warren has it, at least for me, one up on her in the way that she campaigns. Um, now, I, either one of them, I would be happy to vote for, for president, um, as I've said many times. But, you know, so, I, you know, we, we talked about things on, on our last sh- show together. It was like things we love and things we hate. So I'm we've already discussed everything we hate. So and there's so we much more things we hate. Yeah. Plus, That's there's all it is. Then and the
1: hate <laughs> column is freaking tipping the scales. It's
0: tipping the scales. And we're going to go on. To end another thing in a minute and talk about more things we hate, Um, but before we do, I want to talk about things we love. So, the last time I said the thing I love, it was Elizabeth Warren um, dancing down the, you know, at the LGBT parade, and and that was freaking awesome with her feather boa. With her feather feather boa, and oh my god, and she was just so cute and excited, and and I love it. And so, you know what things that I love right now, it's going to be the Democratic debates because. Even though it's going to probably be somewhat of a clusterfuck for a while because there's so many, um, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really hoping that these debates will fire us up. And I'm excited about them. I'm excited to see what the candidates have to say, how they treat each other. Um, I know that it's going to be difficult as we go through this election cycle. Um, but at the same time, it's going to be difficult mainly because there's going to be so many people on social media pissing me off, but, um, you know, but, but there's going to be a lot of positive. And, and I have seen, like I was saying to Glenn, that the women are kind of leading the way in how to campaign to where, you know, you can, I haven't even seen the women disagreeing with each other. All I've seen them do is either praise the other one's policy, wish them happy birthday or, you know, agree with them. I've never seen for
1: an adorable selfie.
0: Yes. I mean, it's like, obviously they're going to have differences of, you know, I would do it this way and I would do it that way. And I don't think that candidate X is approaching this the right way. Here's the way I would approach it. Of course we can expect things like that. Um, But I, I, I'm just hoping that that's, you know, it's going to be kind of funny to watch how Biden and Bernie treat each other because they are the top two. And, We'll see what happens with them, but I'm kind of loving the fact that finally we're at the place where we're gonna we're gonna see the Democrats on stage debating with each other and talking about the things that we really care about. So there's my love. Do you have one? <laughs> Hello? Yeah, no, I, I, have to <laughs> no, I think, know. Honestly, I know it's I mean, kind of hard.
1: I, I was. Um, I, I've, I'm floored by what's happening to, to human beings um, on our watch. Yeah. And I'm floored that... I'm sorry, let me, let me do this just for a second, please. Of course. But I'm floored that we are, as a people, that it, only the Democrats care that a 75-year-old woman just came forward about a 23-year-old rape.
0: And, but it's not even person. that many Democrats.
1: By the person who is inside the White House,
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay? It is uh, an affront to victims. It is an affront to decency. And I'm just, I'm just so sick of it. You know what I love? Yeah. You want to know what I love hmm. right now? Megan Rapinoe of the United States Women's National Soccer Team.
0: Oh, right. Seen?
1: Okay. <laughs> yes. That's who I love. She's my spirit animal right now. And Trump even because, tweeted about it. Oh, poor God. Because he's so
0: upset that she's not going to go to the fucking White House.
1: I know. <laughs> and did you, see her, did you see her taking a knee today? Yes. During the National That anthem? was awesome. Like, these are the people who make me feel... Like, I, I feel like we're living in a time, like, we're on the verge of understanding what it's like to um, really not... To, to have our rights taken away okay yeah whether it's uh, potentially our our right to choose what to do you know what we do with our own bodies as women or our voting rights you know people of color are seeing that all over the place all over this country right now and you know oppressed people you know i i have friends who have immigrated from countries like iran who know what real oppression yeah. is who know what i i have a friend who who escaped Bosnia Herzegovina when he was in medical school came to the US and finished his education and took his got his license here like those you're like escaping gunfire you know what i'm saying yeah. like we we we're we're over here pissed off and you know uh mad about bullshit that comes out of this imbecile uh occupant of the white house's mouth and we like we really haven't seen what it's like to suffer as far as like what kind of rights we have right you know and i feel like if this election in 2020 doesn't go our way and by by our way i of course mean the democrats way, right. we're about to see what that's like yeah what well it's really like and and not not, not to discount the, the people who are living on the margins and who have been living right. on the margins for years, they know what that's like. Yeah. This, dis- this uh, dissolving, disintegrating, almost non-existent middle class, like those people who used to kind of live on the fringe there, who don't know what it's like to have health insurance or where they're, how they're gonna put food on the table for their family, how they're gonna uh, take care of childcare because they're working their second job and they can't get to the school on time to pick up their kid before six o'clock. Like, those people have been living that and it's getting harder and harder for them to make ends meet, but there are people who are living on the margins that we don't even hear from yeah. because they're so disenfranchised that they maybe don't even feel like, what, what's the point, right? Like, that, that, that shit's real for a huge portion of the population here in the United States. And we're over here doing our podcast, yeah, right? exactly. And, and, and we don't really know what it's truly like to not have rights or to, to have lost hope. We're, we're pissed, and let's keep being pissed, and let's remember to help bring people along who maybe don't feel like they have a voice. I, that's just that that's what kind of gives me fuel right now you yeah. know you look at people like megan Rapineau and eugene carroll who have had their own struggles and i mean eugene carroll was raped by donald trump and for her to come out at 75 years of age and to feel like I don't want to disrespect other people who have been raped in some of these detention facilities or, you know, some of the other examples she cited. Like the, the, the disservice that she has done herself this mm-hmm. whole time and the justification, like laugh it off, you know, put your big girl pants on. It's OK. Get over it. Like that's what women have been telling themselves yes. all along. And so right now we need to look to these women who have the guts to come out and say this stuff. Megan Rapinoe I'm not going to the fucking White House. Right.
0: That was that was why, so why? incredible.
1: <laughs> why would I? I'm I'm too busy winning the World Cup. Yeah. And setting an example for some people who maybe need some to be uplifted and brought, you know, given given hope that if you work hard and you do right, you can achieve. Right. I and that's that that makes me happy. That gives me fuel. Just like Elizabeth Warren running on the street in the in the yeah. Rainbow BOA does. Elizabeth Warren outside in, in Homestead Florida right now, not being let in to the detention facility mm-hmm. with with a crew behind her of people who are demanding better. Um that's that's what I'm about right now. That's well, what I'm about. I'm
0: sorry, is that too much? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um,
1: my, my, I've got like my hair standing on
0: it. No, I know. It's, it's really tough. And again, it's like I, I, I wish that we could put together shows that were a little bit more uplifting. But right now we're in dark times and we've just got to talk about the shit that's going on. And I mean, there is something, you know, I, uh, I, I think I was kind of overwhelmed talking to Glenn. I forgot to have him share where to find him. And he's at Glenn Kirshner too um on on Twitter and then also he has he has this wonderful organization Homicide Family Advocates which is a nonprofit oh that yeah. provides free expert advocacy to all families who have lost a loved one because of homicide so you can visit his website um at homicidefamilyadvocates.org you can find it on his Twitter account And, you know, feel free to take a look around the site and maybe donate, help them out, because that's a wonderful cause, a a wonderful cause. And Glenn is such a good guy, and... I'm so glad that he agreed to be on the show and, you know, unfortunately, again, it's like, it's fucking womp womp all day long. Everything we're talking about, it's just Debbie Downer, but you know...
1: Because look at what we're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's just... It is Debbie Downer, and people need to talk about how Debbie Downer it is so that they get off their asses and hold these people accountable. Yeah, we cannot just complain. And we all don't vote the right way and the same way, then there's going to be more Debbie Downer and it's going to go down levels. Yes. It's gonna get shittier and, and shittier, shittier yes. and our rights are going to be compromised more and more and poor people are gonna get poorer.
0: Yeah, and, it's just gonna keep getting worse. And it's, it's like so it's just gonna
1: keep getting worse. So
0: it, you know, I, I wanna say before we go that it it gets tough, right? We all have we feel like we're at a breaking point, we're like, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. But most of you who are saying that have a comfortable home. It may not be your perfect dream home, but you're 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 eating good food. You're eating food that you're choosing. So while you're saying to yourself, "I can't take it anymore," think about those kids who are, you know, and, and the men. There were men in the in a detainment, um, like behind in in a fenced area, standing in in the hot sun with no roof. It was referred to as like a dog kennel. So for all the "I can't take it"s out there. Just remember that there are children being freaking raped. So if you yeah. can't take it, think about them and get let them motivate you. Because we have, you know, it, it, it is really hard. It's very hard where we just want to hide under the covers and we want to pretend that everything is good and wake me up in 2020 and all that. And it's like, no, we have to show up in numbers too big to ignore in November to overcome everything. Uh, you know, I mean, if I think the country is only lost completely if Trump... Gets re-election, the Senate's keep. uh, I'm sorry, the Republicans keep the Senate, and then they win back the House. I think we're truly lost. But if 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 there's a terrible scenario if Trump is re-elected, but if if he is re-elected, but Democrats win the Senate and keep the House, I don't think everything is over. I think it's still going to be fucking awful, but there there's still going to be a fighting chance because we can. You know, we'll have the power. Democrats will have the congressional power. Um, So we've got to keep that in mind and, and don't say, oh, everybody's corrupt or, you know, Democrats are just as corrupt as Republicans. No, it's not about that. Democrats are trying to do something. Democrats are fighting for those children. Democrats are fighting for all the things that are important in your life. So maybe they don't do it in the way that you think do- they should do it, but just fucking vote for Democrats and then complain to them later if they're not doing what you want. So there's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking vote blue, or I'm going to kick some right. fucking ass all over the fucking place. <laughs> anyway, all right.
1: It, it, I think it's a difference between um, vote vote with a, moral, with, with a moral conscience,
0: right? Well, right now that's blue. And that's blue. That's blue. Right. Exactly. Interchangeable. I mean, not everybody's going to be perfect. Not every candidate is going to meet all of your, you know, It's not going to check. I mean, for me, Elizabeth Warren does check everything, but she may not for you. So that's fine. If Bernie is the is the nominee, I will vote for him. If Biden is the nominee, I will vote for him. I don't really care. I'm going to vote for the Democrat because they're not the ones who are doing this to children. And it's not to say the Democrats are perfect, but at least it's a way like to start, you know? So if if we get, if we get a democratic president, we get a democratic Senate. Well, that's, it's on us, we, the people to hold them accountable. So if we don't like what they're doing, then we need to be vocal about it. But, you know, by saying burn it all down, well, then we just give Trump and Putin everything they want. And then, and we're all toast. So Mm -hmm. anyway, all right, well, we're going to move over to end another thing. Why don't you tell us, tell them uh, where to find us?
1: Oh, indeed. Uh, <laughs> see, I can at least get excited about certain things. I love doing this with you. That, that excites me. So you can find us on Twitter at at AuthorKimberly, L-E-Y, and at LadyBrainShow. And then also Patreon slash Start me Up. We would love for you to become a, a monthly patron. Um, support the show if you love it. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. We also love it when you comment and give us your, your feedback. That, that means a lot to us, and we will write back. And, and thank you um, for being a part of it.
0: Yes. and All right, everybody. Watch the debates tonight. And if you uh, listen to this podcast, podcast after the debates, let us know what you think. So, all right, everybody. We will see you uh, and another thing.